Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do. When a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything. It was violent, it was senseless, and I will never understand it, I will never accept it. I'm Amy Donaldson, and unfortunately, we're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives. But what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt. In a new podcast, The Letter, we relive tragedy, but only so we can hear the rest of the story. The struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, and the possibilities of forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Where KSL offers Utah deeper insights on the news. Host Boyd Matheson divides rage from reason and elevates the conversation on issues crucial to our community. On KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. Welcome to hour number two of the expanded Inside Sources. My name is Taylor Morgan, and I am filling in today for host Boyd Matheson. We are now going to talk about uh, prosecute. Uh, this is going to be the word of the day, prosecutorial. I think I just got it. Yes, prosecutorial reform, and specifically uh, the recall of uh, San Francisco District Attorney Chesa Budin. We have with us now on the show to uh, discuss this instance of uh, criminal justice reform, Mark Levin, uh, Chief Policy Counsel for the Council on Criminal Justice. Mark, thank you for joining the show. And I I have to ask you to also pronounce prosecutorial a few times to keep up with me. Yeah, sorry about that. It is a mouthful. Mark, I think you were stalling just because you didn't actually want to try to say prosecutorial there. I'm not sure if that's what was happening. Yeah, I'm sorry it was the mute button. <laughs> <laughs> well, what? OK, so we have the recall of uh, Chesa Budin, the district attorney in San Francisco. Um, it, does this perhaps indicate that voters are turning against criminal justice reform? What can we infer from uh, the recall here? Sure. Well, you know, prosec- uh, criminal justice reform is obviously a really large uh, spectrum in terms of what changes uh can be made one way or the other. And I think that there were a lot of factors here. Um, uh, there's been obviously, as people have seen, uh, an issue of um, disorder in San Francisco in terms of a lot of homelessness, which isn't necessarily due to the district attorney, but also, of course, an increase in homicides, both in San Francisco and across the country, which has many causes that uh, started in 2020. And uh, I think that. Um, Voters were frustrated, and it wasn't like a choice of two people. It was, do we want to register our dissatisfaction with what's going on in terms of public safety and and, and public order? And uh, and they did that. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of speculation uh, that uh, that Budin was more vulnerable because the, of San Francisco having adopted some of the nation's strictest COVID nineteen restrictions that you know impacted the perceived and actual levels of public safety, as well as the district attorney's ability to prosecute crime. Do you think that that played a role into this recall? Absolutely. Well, you know, I think we learned during this 
uh, pandemic that justice is an essential function, an essential service. And unfortunately, in many places in the country, but it was worse in San Francisco than most, courts closed for months on end and mm. cases piled up. And also there were problems with officers being out due to COVID. There's problems with identifying suspects wearing masks. It just goes on and on. And I mean, I think when there's not any foreseeable consequence to committing crime in terms of your case actually getting processed, that uh, creates a, a real um, a difficulty. And then, of course, at the same time, we had this declining trust uh, in some communities and police. And so there was a, a, been a reduction in terms of the percentage of people reporting crimes. And so, therefore, police don't have the information needed to solve them. So we had this convergence of the pandemic and then all of the, um, uh, I think, uh, 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 I would say, uh, disruptions following uh, the murder of George Floyd uh, in terms of police and community relations. And those, I think, put together uh, caused a lot of uh, pain throughout the country. Yeah. We're speaking with Mark Levin, Chief Policy Counsel uh, for the Council on Criminal Justice, about uh, the recall of San Francisco District Attorney Chesa Budin and what that could mean uh, for the future of uh, criminal justice reform uh, throughout the United States. Now, it's no secret that San Francisco is predominantly uh, left-wing, you could say, and it's significant that, that voters there have booted a prosecutor uh, for you know their perception, at least, that he, he's too soft on crime. And so if that happens, if that is the case in San Francisco, uh, are we going to see a string of other uh, prosecutors throughout the country or in elected office being recalled or, uh, you know, being challenged uh, in this election cycle? Is this going to become a national trend? Well, I don't think so. The recall is a unique procedure uh, that most communities don't have. And the other thing is there are uh, conservative prosecutors like Melissa Nelson in Jacksonville, for example, Dave Sunday in York County, Pennsylvania, and they've implemented some of the same things in terms of performance measures, a dashboard that the public can go on or, you know, low-level drug offenders to uh, treatment programs. Now, one of the problems, I mean, and diversion actually should even be broader than that, but it does have to be based on an assessment of the individual considering their prior crimes, if there is a victim, what the victim wants. But one of the problems is if there's no, if your case isn't going to be processed quickly, then there's not much incentive to agree to a diversion. So that's frustrated, I think, prosecutorial offices around the country. And um, But uh, these programs, a lot of them, like drug courts and, and uh mental health veterans courts, they really do work for many people. And so I don't think that there's going to be this rush to throw the baby out with the bathwater. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and we don't want to distract from some of the very positive, very important criminal justice reform efforts that are happening uh, throughout the country. Can you cite any specific examples uh, of, of other cases where a public official has engaged in positive criminal justice reform? that we should look to as an example? Well, certainly, um, I think that one of the things that a lot of uh, newly elected district attorneys over the last several years have done is establish wrongful conviction units. And Chesa Bodine focused on that as well, and it is important, uh, because there's been advances in forensics, for example, where we have new methods, new tests to determine who actually committed the crime. And the victims, for one thing, need to know that the right person has been held accountable so um, 
those uh, and sometimes there's misconduct either by a previous prosecutor or police officer. Again, this is not by any means the majority or even uh, you know a substantial percentage of cases, but but there there are uh, um, uh, some number of cases where um, they've discovered it was somebody else's DNA. It was that the person didn't do the crime. So that's an example of something that. I think kind of taking this holistic lens as a prosecutor that my job is more than just to convict the guilty. It's also to free the innocent. It's also to, you know, make sure victims get services and restitution. There's a lot of facets to the job. Um, and so I think it is good to take a holistic approach, but you can't forget, obviously, holding people accountable. Yeah, absolutely. I agree completely with that. Mark Levin. Chief Policy Counsel for the Council on Criminal Justice. Thank you so much for joining the show. Coming up next on Inside Sources, we are going to talk about the January 6th committee and their major hearing coming up tonight. What can we expect? We'll get into it coming up next. Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do when a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything it was violent it was senseless and i will never understand it i will never accept it i'm amy donaldson and unfortunately we're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives but what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt in a new podcast the letter we relive tragedy but only so we can hear the rest of the story, the struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, and the possibilities of forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow the letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts.